Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. everybody and welcome to the kachat it's the only podcast brave enough to ask the question hey what's up with cars i'm lucas southworth and i'm john bishop john it's been a while Mm -hmm. you know uh due to just how we decided to record uh things for our holiday season and just some personal conflicts that have prevented us from recording recently this is our first episode that we've recorded in 2022 mm-hmm. and you know <laughs> you better call good old dusty and rusty rusties john because i'm feeling a little rusty <laughs> that one uh hit you a little harder the second time didn't it yeah i've made that joke before we were hit record and i told john i wanted to make it again because i was proud of it i think it hit me harder because i thought it was funny that i was making it again Mm, okay i still think it's very funny and i'm very proud of it and i'm not going to back down from that but yeah we could use some medicated bumper ointment because it's been a while (laughs) the old comedy bones are a bit rusty all right so when's the last time you laughed oh man it's been a minute (laughs) Mm. i guess i did just then the kachat's the best medicine as they say i guess Mm mm-hmm now if the kachat is the best medicine, yeah. do you need your bumper ointment? Hmm. No, okay. That's a good question. You know, sometimes it's best to take sort of like a, a variety of medicines, uh, like a course of medication instead of just the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe just the combo is what I need, John. Okay. A wombo combo. If you will. If yeah. you ombo. That ain't Falco. Man, that was a... <laughs> reference to an old smash melee video so hopefully you got that (laughs) uh but we're talking about Encanto this time uh that's what we're doing i think and correct me if i'm wrong john we have some idea of why we're talking about Encanto in terms of cars but i think also just because and i'll speak for myself i really like Encanto. it's a very good movie and I like talking yeah. about it. It is very nice. I uh, watched some music videos on YouTube, and then I watched them a lot, and uh, my wife noticed, and then got frustrated with me and just said, hey, you know that's on Disney+, Plus, and that's how I watched Encanto. Yeah, yeah, it's... Listen, people keep saying, we don't talk about Bruno, but I'm hearing an awful lot about him, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure a thousand times this joke has been made, but of course, they are continuing their hate campaign against Brunos everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, Silencio Bruno from Luca. Good call. Mm-hmm. Not only are we not allowed to talk about Bruno, but also he's not allowed to talk. Man, so that's on both sides then. Mm-hmm. Wow. Good call, John. But before we get into that, John, as I mentioned, uh we haven't done we haven't done this since the year 2021, you know. Mhm. Uh and as you can maybe tell, uh someone is learning to speak now. Yeah, that's the passage of time, baby. That's mm-hmm. the passage of time, baby. Uh <laughs> But because we haven't recorded since 2021, uh, and before Christmas, I wanted to do a short segment, and I'll be honest, John, partially because I'm not sure if we're going to fill a whole episode about Encanto, uh, about the great haul I got vis-a-vis Cars diecasts this Christmas. All right. Go ahead and tell me about them diecasts. Did you get, and I need to know the answer to this, and the answer, it does need to be yes, a, a certain school bus. No, I would enjoy Miss Fritter. Uh, oh, she would, no. She would be a good addition to the collection. Uh, but I got some others that are pretty good. My my parents got me three, and Liz got me one. So I'll start with the ones my parents got me. We'll start off with Nick Stickers. Now, Nick Stickers is an interesting case. How about this? I'll say the name, and you tell me what you think is weird about them. That'll be a fun game. Okay, uh, Nick Stickers does not have much of his uh, outside remaining, and he is, in fact, instead of coated in some sort of like fiberglass or metal coating, he's most of the stickers. Pretty close. Uh, Nick Stickers is just pretty covered in bumper stickers. All right. And they, and include... they now provide structural support. Yeah, yeah, I, I would hope at least. Uh, they have such such quips as flats happen life begins at the off ramp i heart i guess that's supposed to be the route 66 symbol but i can't tell as well as just several stickers for radiator springs uh and the various businesses within them uh and i thought i would go ahead and start her off you know, it's been like a month since we did it, so let's go ahead and go over to a wiki quote of 2022. Now, you've told me of Nick Stickers. Yeah. But we're in the middle of another segment where you're telling me other things, and the wiki quote's in the center of it? I'm telling you about Nick Stickers. Okay. That's that's what the wiki quote is. Wiki is my about... quote of Stickers Magoo. Okay, yeah, wow. I just wanted to read Nick's bio because it's fun. Uh, Nick's secret passion has always been bumper stickers. Uh, Fearing the looks he might get from his friends and co-workers, Nick's never actually worn the bumper stickers. He just buys them and hides them in his trunk. Then one day, he stumbled upon Lizzie's curio shop. Her bumper stickers were so hilarious, Nick decided it was time to let it all hang out. Now... Nick drives down the road covered bumper to bumper in stickers, and he's never felt so free. Okay. <laughs> so this is a guy who got some some uh, some tattoo ideas drawn up for him. Yeah. And then one day decided, I'm going to go full body forever. Yeah, 
I think the tattoo is a good uh, comparison for good old Nick, just because I gotta imagine, even with Forklift's dexterity, stickers have to be pretty permanent on these mm-hmm. cars. I mean, you gotta have something real specific to remove those stickers in a reasonable fashion. And uh, you can't just paint over them. I mean, you could, but it wouldn't wouldn't be a good idea. That's for sure. <laughs> so Nick was the least weird of the three of the four I got, in my opinion. A man uh, whose skin has been replaced by stickers is the least weird. Covered in stickers, but yes. Uh, so now we'll move on to let's see. Yeah, Robert Jam Jones. Hmm. What do you got for Robert Jam Jones, John? Jam Jones, fake answer, he really likes jam, and it Mm. just oozes out of him. I don't like that. (laughs) Uh, More real answer is he just gets into, like, traffic jams a lot. That would be a good answer. Uh, I like how your head is going and, you know, car-specific stuff. But no, he's a guitarist. Ah, he likes to jam. Yes, yes. Uh, maybe the one definition of the word you didn't go for. Uh, <laughs> but he is a member of Sweet Tea's band, who is the singer in the bar where all Doc Hudson's old friends are in Cars 3. He is the guitarist, and he comes with his guitar and a little amp. Okay. Uh, now, from this... This strange creature. Yeah. Do you now know how guitar is played? No, because it's mostly just a big mechanical thing over what, over like the a normal guitar like fret. Like <laughs> playing chords on the guitar takes some dexterity, and it's just a solid metal like thing that doesn't have individual fingers as far as i can tell so no i'm no closer but i am happy that i have a musician because that's always been one of my favorite weird cars things okay so he's a guitarist with a weird mechanical thing that's just in front of it and that's it that's it that's it that's it sorry uh so we'll move on over to uh louis larue is this one french he is yes okay so he's french which of course means he is into snails i mean maybe we don't know what i can tell you he's into is the ancient art of miming (laughs) oui oui baguette yeah this one yeah he's just a mime (laughs) It's just a mime. Uh, he's got a beret molded onto his head somehow. I, I can't tell if the die cast is just non-precise and it's supposed to be a hat, but on the die cast, it looks like just a weird lump on his car body. Mm. So that's cool. Okay. Um, how? Yeah. I... Yeah. What does he do? Well, he's not a forklift. So he doesn't even have appendages <laughs> with which to mime. He's got his tires and on his little 
uh, World of Cars uh, profile picture, he's sort of gesticulating them. But yeah, I I mean, he shows up in the background of Cars 2, of course, right in front of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, and he's doing something. Mater looks at him for a second, and then I guess he goes. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> and see, I have a hard time imagining how a guitar gets played yeah. by something without hands. Understand. But like, this is a creature without a human body. I'm sure like an animal could mime, like something with limbs. But like, a big thing of it is just pretending to be stopped. And if you're a car and you're pretending that there's something there that you're physically interacting with, basically, your options are move or don't move. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could, like, I don't know, sort of burn out a little bit for, like, the classic walking against the wind mime thing, but that doesn't seem quite as effective because, I don't know, that's just a thing cars do. And mm-hmm. I understand that I could also pretend to walk against the wind, like I am capable of that, in the same way other cars would be capable of burning out. But I don't know, doesn't seem as cool. Like, cool's not the my... word for mimes, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> one of my favorite things that mimes, which are extremely cool, uh, do you. is they have a balloon, and then they act like this balloon is somehow impossible to move. That is genuinely really cool. I know exactly what you're talking about, and it's always very impressive, genuinely. Do we think Mr. LaRue could somehow have a balloon? Well, I could stop there. (laughs) You certainly could, yeah. (laughs) Who's going to tie that balloon? I don't know. All right, let's go forward. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow, he has a balloon. Okay, that's still really hard to think about. He has a balloon... And with said balloon, he puts it in front of him, and it doesn't just float away for reasons. And then, while it's not floating away, he, like, starts spinning those tires and not going forward. Yeah, it seems difficult. That's all I can... Yeah, it seems difficult. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how this little guy would mime things at all. I will say, I want to mention, he has what I think is a, the die cast, I think he has a manufacturing defect. Because he's got, he's got like a little bit of plastic on him around one of his tires that doesn't look intentional. And it doesn't appear at all on his thing. It looks a little bit like he's booted, but it looks more like, you know how when you mass produce toys, they're like in a larger web of plastic and get sort of punched out. Mm. Or like at least the individual pieces do. It looks like a little bit of that got left over. So I don't know. I think that's cool about my little die cast copy of Louis LaRue. So Louis LaRue, maybe a Gundam? Maybe, or maybe he's got like some sort of boot on him because he's a mime criminal. Who knows? Or maybe the boot is just how he's not going forward. There we go. Now that could be it. All right, John, last one. This one will be pretty easy for you to guess because we've talked about him on the show and his name is John Lassatire. 
Okay, so John Lassatire. Yeah. Joke answer. He's just a self-insert from one of the people at Pixar. A real answer. He's a tire salesman. Oops, you got to flipped around. <laughs> but but why would someone self-insert themselves into a Cars movie? I mean, one, it seems like they all do. Like, uh, Robert Jam Jones, in his trivia, it says he is named after Robert Graham Jones, one of the second film editors for Cars 3, and that just is the origin of most of their names. Mm. <laughs> but okay. John, John Lassiter is, of course, the carified version of John Lassiter, the head of Pixar, and... <laughs> We've talked about it before. There are maybe two John Lassatires, or he had an intense career change because he was a pit crew chief, and then he became the head of Pixar Studios in Universe. Now, of course, he is definitely two different cars on account of having two different eye colors. Yes, good call. I, I forgot that detail. So, yeah, there are two different John Lassatires. But that also means there are three, or okay, maybe four. Okay. Because one's in our world, and maybe there's two in our world. Okay, now I like this, John. How does John Lasseter get so much done? Mayhaps there's more than one. <laughs> Man, that was a little rhyming couplet. We should introduce John's poetry corner into the into the podcast as yet another segment you do. Mm. Keep increasing yours and keeping mine the same. The problem with that is that uh, everything I say is poetry. Oh, so the okay, so you could instead of John's poetry corner being part of the kachat, the kachat is part of John's poetry corner. Mm-hmm. Okay. And admittedly, it's a very major part. <laughs> yeah, that's I would imagine. <laughs> it's quite a bit of what I say during the week. <laughs> I'm probably right there. Yeah, I don't really talk much at work. I do not. I really do not. I think it's because I'm terrified if I say too much, my coworkers will figure out I have a Cars podcast and then I'll have to move and get a new job. See, I've told several people at work that I have a Cars podcast. You and I are two different people sometimes, John. I mm -hmm. would argue all the time. Yep. Except for when we perform fusion. That's true. Like in our high school talent show where we became the two-headed host for a bit. Mm-hmm. Why did we think and that was going to be a good, well-received bit? I don't know. Uh, I do believe it was your idea. I don't and think I do believe, that was my idea. I, I do believe it idea. was your idea, and you thought it would be funny if we would say every other word. I mean... And it was very difficult. It was. I remember that part. And God knows I don't have good memory of high school, so it probably was my idea, but I'm going to maintain that I remember it being your idea. Okay, uh, okay. But anyway, yeah, those are the diecasts I got for Christmas. Thank you to my parents for Louis LaRue, Nick Stickers, and Robert Jam Jones, and to Liz for John Lassatire, who may be my new favorite diecast. All right. But anyway, <clears throat> y'all see Encanto? Encanto. It is phenomenal. It's very good, is the thing. It's Watching very good. Watching it is a magical experience. <laughs> 
Yeah, I agree with John and what he said. But how can we make Encanto into Envanto? Envanto? Let's just not do that. (laughs) Oh boy, I haven't even started considering a title change. Not sure why. What's Spanish for car? Uh, I know the Japanese is Kuruma. That doesn't help us right now. Seems like... I'm not. It looks like Caro, but I'm not. In Caro... <laughs> Let's get a quick pronunciation on that. Caro. I can't roll my R's, so don't expect me to. I'm. Let's just not butcher another, <clears throat> another people's language. Let's try that, Lucas. <laughs> This one doesn't have a car pun because we don't we we're bad at it. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about Encanto. See, the beauty of it is it could just be the title is changed in a way that oh yeah, if someone reads it, they have to roll the R in their own mind. Yeah, okay. And we just don't say it. Yes. So the new title is in and then the Spanish word for car, which I can't pronounce correctly because I can't roll my R's. In cario. Yes, that's it. Thank you, John, mm-hmm. for making me feel better about my pronunciation. But yeah, man, look, do you, do you, what, let's talk about, do you want to just gush about the movie for a while to pad our runtime a bit? I mean, we just padded our runtime a good 20 minutes. <laughs> that's fair enough. Give me your thesis. All right, this first was... impressions. I think it's a wonderful movie. Yeah, me too, man. I really like it. It makes it made me cry a few times. Mm. If only I could cry. Yeah. <laughs> Tin Man, I know you got a heart in there somewhere. That's what he wants, right? Yeah, he wants heart. Yeah, it's very good. It's very sad. Explores familial bonds, generational trauma. It's very good. The history of Colombia and... It's very good. It's very good. You should watch it. I don't mm-hmm. have any anything. You should watch it. It's very good. The music is great. Very good. Now, uh, <clears throat> the music is why I actually watched those music videos over and over again. And uh, one of the songs that really hit me and really hit, I'm sure, everybody uh, was un- under uh, pressure. Surface pressure. Surface pressure. 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 Can't get the name right. Do know a good amount of the words of the song. <laughs> That's good, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's good. <laughs> it explores deep, deep feelings of anxiety and pressure very well. Mm-hmm. One of the things about this character is that she's got a lot of stereotypically masculine traits. She's incredibly strong, fairly beefy, but she's also very feminine. Her character represents the idea of the pressure that's put on older siblings. Yeah. But it's also uh, representative of the idea. It's the idea of how people like specifically how men are viewed as worth. Like a lot of men identify their worth as how much they provide and how much they do. And that's very much a shared trait with older siblings. So being an older sibling man would just be terrifying. I'm sorry, Jeremiah. That is my older brother. Oldest brother. Well, I, yes. Okay. I got a weird, large family. I know, but... Um, so, uh, it's it was very strange because I listened to this music video several times. And then 
I watched the movie with my wife and I saw how this song affected her. Yeah. And then I thought, oh no, this is, oh no. Cause yeah. my wife uh, is the oldest sibling and it, it really hit her because uh, she has carried a lot of the weight of the family because mm, she was the oldest sibling and their mother, she had a hard go of it. And due to a lot of family drama, uh, Liz had to help raise the other siblings and watching her watch this character who is struggling with a, a physical representation of carrying too much weight uh, was very moving. And it was strange because I was thinking of when I was watching it, I was thinking about the idea of, yes, I felt like for seven months I didn't have a job and I felt like I was worthless because I couldn't provide for anything. And then I watched someone who had that generational trauma, who had the actual situation enforced in her life. And I watched it affect her in a completely different way, even though it was the same idea. And that was beautiful and deeply upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. I got to imagine. I, I will say I thought about Lizzie a lot when watching that song, Uh, Mm -hmm. especially, and I think your point about like it being very much how men feel they have to provide a lot works very well with that song as well. But I think all older siblings feel this, but I think a lot of times, especially older sisters do just because of, gender norms and if there is sort of a gender breakup in their family older sisters are usually expected to take on more of the taking care of their younger siblings and taking on housework etc etc which i think was very well represented with louisa yeah especially like it wasn't as represented in louisa's presentation yeah but there's the idea of when it's an older sister, they're expected to be a parent just because the unfortunate instilling in children that are women that, oh, you're going to be a mommy someday. You got to clean up. You got to do chores. That's what you do. You take care of people. And my wife is definitely a person who fits those uh, standards, but it also very much has affected her in a negative way that so yes, surface pressure. We don't talk about Bruno as like the song everyone's talking about, but m- pretty much all of the songs in it are very, very good. I also mm-hmm. really love, uh, I think, Isabella's song about her other form of pressure of having to be the perfect uh, child and whatnot. It's all very good. It's all very good is the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Oh, this whole movie about the pressure family can put on you because we don't talk about Bruno is about, you know, I won't spoil it too much, but about a member of the family who has left because of that pressure that was put on him. Mm. Uh, All right, let's let's go ahead and say the story. Yeah, yeah. After you say let's not spoil anything, let's go ahead and say the entire entire uh, storyline. Okay. So there is a family. This family escapes from a very, very bad situation. And they uh, go into an area, and in their attempt to flee, uh, someone stays behind, 
so that he can prevent the others from being captured. And his sacrifice uh, creates a magic that then builds a house and helps that family gain powers and protection for the entire village. Go ahead like some amount of time and the family has grown quite large and all of them have magical powers and it's a magical power gifting day and this uh, adorable little girl is about to get her powers and then she time skip uh, she's th- there's woman she is grown up and she is uh, telling some kids who are very very into coffee about her family and all their magical gifts and then there's something going on she's not telling them about her gift and she's trying to avoid the question and then you find out she never got one she never got a gift and then throughout there we're introduced to the idea that something is wrong with the house and the magic and she goes on a journey trying to fix the problems and facing down the idea she has to confront her family about issues they're having and then she finds out that her uncle has uh been basically shunned but also self-isolated so that he can somehow do something that's a spoiler um (laughs) and then uh everyone has to grow as a family and learn that uh, you have to talk about your problems because if you don't talk about your problems, they only get worse. They don't go away. Yes, that is very good. And I'm going to spoil the ending a little bit. Okay, uh, one thing I really liked about this movie that I also was sad about was that she never gets power. See, I liked it about it. Uh, it also made me a little sad, but I think... I've seen a lot of people online say that she sort of is going to take up Abuela's role Mm -hmm. as sort of the head of the house. And like Abuela doesn't have powers, you know, so. True. Uh, Yeah, it's there. There's some analysis there that the power is of the power that those two share is that they speak to Casita, whereas the others like will say a word here or there, but like these two characters seem to understand and actually communicate. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that could be it. And also, like, if you look at, uh, I don't know if this is color theory or anything, but uh, if you look at costuming, the only character who has every single family member's color scheme in their costume is her. Yeah, yeah, that's a... They also all have little symbols that represent their powers Mm -hmm. baked into their costume, like... Sound waves for Dolores, who can has super hearing barbells for Louisa, who's super strong, etc. And those are she's also like hand embroidered all of those onto her skirt. Mm. Uh, if you look at a detailed picture of it, so yeah, she's all about her entire family. It's very good. Mirabelle's very good, and the movie's very good. And how do we relate it to the movie's cars? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, when I pitched the idea to you i simply said there's a there's a sentient house in the future maybe there's a sentient car which i think works <laughs> it's not the most complicated uh setup we've ever had but even if we're not directly saying that casita the casita in the movie itself i don't know evolves into a car 
it if metamorphosizes. If you will. Uh, thank you, John. <laughs> but we could also say, hey, there is a magic miracle that made a house alive. Why not a magic miracle that makes a car alive? Which, yeah, right there, we got it. <laughs> okay. One of the characteristics about the costuming again, Mirabelle has butterflies mm-hmm. on her costume, and it represents the idea that you have to sometimes destroy yourself to recreate yourself, and that is a theme throughout, and that is perhaps the reason that eventually Casita <laughs> okay. becomes a car. Yeah, okay. Because Casita, spoilers for just a second does get destroyed and remade yeah so maybe it just happens again <laughs> this time they're like nah 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 we don't want a house anymore we want a cool car with eyes and hey maybe the first transformation that leads to vehicle is instead oh it's a mobile home mm, okay uh i like that healthy middle ground or and eventually becomes a car yeah, we could add more steps in there probably too of like maybe it goes from mobile home to like a camper van or an RV or something that's now more car than home but still has, you know, your amenities in it. But then it's like, no, nah, car is where it's at, baby. And then it becomes a car. All and right. that's that's that. Mm-hmm. I think another road we could go down is... And you'll have to follow me here, John. Imagine this, John. Uh, Mm. So we're in the future. Someone in the family has had another child. They go up as their door ceremony day and they touch the knob and they either A, turn into a car. Now wait. Or B, (laughs) they look at someone in the crowd and they turn in the, into a car, so maybe one of the <laughs> maybe one of the gifts is the ability to either transform yourself or others into cars into in the future. Okay, now here are a few questions. I'm ready. I've got, I've really thought this through, so I'm I'm ready for any level of interrogation. Uh, first question. How does that protect the village? Hard metal shell, baby. Next question. Okay. Um, Is it optional? Do people get a choice? They get a choice in that they can say, please, please, Mr. Child with car abilities, don't transform me into a car. And he listens. He's a nice kid. Uh, But he could do it against their will. I'll say, yeah. Can he transform them back? Hmm, now that's important. Yes, but if you've been transformed into a car, you're never going to want to be transformed back. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And uh, if this is used on Camillo, can he just transform back into a person? Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. Yes, but his sort of base true form will remain the car. So it's sort of like how Mystique in X-Men, she can go around being Jennifer Lawrence all she wants, but her true form is blue Jennifer Lawrence, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. So do we think that he becomes human again, or does he become the car version of the people he's transforming into? 
I think if he gets transformed by the new child who can turn him into a car, that sort of unlocks the ability to do both. He can. Okay. He still retains his powers of turning into different humans, but now he can turn into different cars too. And Camilo's mm. kind of into this. Okay. I feel, you know? I don't know if I would like base form car if I were a shapeshifter. But at the same time, if I'm a shapeshifter, do I really mind? Yeah, I don't know that, like, he has to exert himself to stay in his, like, different shapes. So If it if he does, it's not very much. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we do see that incident where he finds out the information and he accidentally transforms and then he has to be, like, knocked into transforming back. Yeah, so I think he's cool with it. <laughs> I don't know. All he right. seems like a pretty... A uh, chill guy who would like to have more abilities. Now think about this, though. Okay. He gets married. He's sleeping in bed with his wife in his human form, has a bad dream, turns into a car. Mm. Probably crushes his wife. It's no good. Yeah, I don't think that'd be good. But maybe, okay, maybe for sleeping, he turns into car form and he's got a nice big car bed back there and wife can sleep in there. Okay. Okay. Maybe he's the first mobile home. There you go. Could be. Or maybe none of this happens, but you know. Okay. So someone gets their power and their power turn him to car, maybe house, maybe something. And then stay with me. I'm, I know I'm you're there. not going to want to. I do, Stay you're right. Him. He has a relationship with Casita. Uh, you're right. I didn't want to stay with you, John. They make magical babies that are half house, half shape-shifting car. Okay. And from there, there is a new breed of like fae-esque creatures who go throughout the world and have the power to shape-shift. And are also half house and half car. So they spread and then all of a sudden everyone becomes car house house car. Is this an origin story? Would you say at this point? It very well could be. Yeah, might as well. We gave the plot of the movie. We were talking. Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) Okay, so we've got some options there. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think if I had to connect in Kanto to cars, that would work. <laughs> All right. So there is a character who sees the future. Yes. And, spoiler alert, he leaves the family to hide in the walls of the house due to the fact that, uh, well, it's multiple things, but primarily he has a vision and he wants to save the person the vision is about because it seems like his vision is suggesting this person's going to destroy the family and house. Uh, Also, he is very disliked by a lot of people because he keeps telling them warnings of their future, which rude. He's trying to help. One of the people who seems to have any amount of argument to dislike him, weirdly enough, gets a better argument when it's clarified in the end, that he wasn't actually telling her a prediction. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I think in the song, we don't talk about Bruno. 
Peppa, who is his sister, uh, the aunt of our main character, has a very good argument. <laughs> for... She's the only one who has like a reasoning behind her anger. She gives the prediction. The prediction is, oh, it looks like rain. And then that freaks her out. And she has trouble controlling her powers and emotions because they're linked together. And because of that, all of a sudden, huge storm and she gets married in a hurricane. Everyone else is, he told me my fish was about to die. And then it died. Yeah. And he Would've warned you. Would have happened either way, yeah. He tried to prepare you emotionally for the sadness that was about to happen. He told me I was going to get a gut. Maybe diet and exercise so you don't get a gut. That's a thing that happens. Perhaps it's preventable. Perhaps it's not. He's just giving you a warning. That's a kindness. And also, he told me I was going to go bald. Well, there's no helping it. You're going to go. It, he didn't make any of these things happen. Which, like, is the point of the song and Bruno's character. Like, they mm-hmm. make that very explicit that these people are being unreasonable towards him. Uh, but, yeah, Peppa has a bit of an argument. And she loves her brother very much. It's made clear at the end of the movie. Uh, and but... her argument is made much better when you find out at the end, it wasn't a vision. He just was telling her, hey, you look pretty stressed out, which is not something to tell someone if they're stressed. So he didn't have a prediction. He, knowing his sister, wanted to help and did it in the exact worst way he could by telling her something that stressed her out more and not based on something that could have not been prevented because it was a vision of the future. He just caused her to freak out. And yes, it was her wedding day. Maybe she would have freaked out anyway. But what he said only made it worse. And it seems like an honest mistake on his part. But like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he made, he decided to make a joke about the fact that when she was stressed, it rains. And you just can't be doing that if you have the power of prophecy. Like, you can't be making vague jokes if you can tell the future. (laughs) Especially if you know that your sister has trouble controlling this. Yeah. (sighs) Since we're talking about Bruno, John. Okay. I want to do a second wiki quote. (laughs) Give me that second wiki quote of the day. Of the day. Don't you dare mention Bruno. John, we are going to go over to worldofcarsdriving.fandom.com slash wiki slash Bruno Motoroy. So we are going to talk a bit about Bruno. And this is just, I just searched Bruno on the Cars Wiki, but he seemed like a cool guy. So we're going to read his bio. Don't let his tough guy name fool you. Bruno is really a softie. He plays the accordion, likes romantic drives along the sin, uh, and his favorite movie is The Engine of Dr. Motoroy. But just because he's cultured doesn't mean he can't race. He comes from a long line of French rally racers, and his hydraulic suspension has helped him rise above many difficult situations both on and off the track. The ability to handle all terrains in any situations led him to Raoul Carroul, and the pairing, the pair is rallying for victory at the World Grand Prix. So he's one of the World Grand Prix uh, members, like trainer, basically. Okay, okay. There are a couple things in that I wanted to pull out. The Isle of Dr. Moreau is changed twice? Yeah, 
that the 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 fact that his favorite movie is the carified version of the Isle of Doctor Moreau is concerning to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't to me imply a softy, <laughs> but I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> also, it doesn't like people will disagree with me on this. It does not scream cultured. It's a kind of fancy movie, I guess, but yeah, it's a specific movie. Yeah, it's a an adaptation of an H.G. Wells. I don't know. Yeah, it's just weird that the Isle of Doctor Moreau exists. That movie, to me, screams movie bro. Yeah, yeah, but movie bros think they're pretty cultured usually, so mm-hmm. it all checks out. But yeah, just this movie existing in a world we're already pretty concerned about, you know body horror i don't love but also he plays the accordion and he's not a he's not a forklift he's just like a car and like i I know we do this every time we i we bring up hey how does this guy do this and we just sort of sit for a few seconds and then we're like i don't know and then we move on but i think we should keep bringing them up because it's important to know that they just were like, ah, this car can play the accordion. And they offered no what explanation for that whatsoever. And they should feel bad about it. Well, as as you well know, the accordion... Can, uh, if you're a car, you can... Um, it's a more complicated piano. Well, you can press it because car... Yeah, you and can make to it press the keys. Yeah. You can use your multi-digited tongue. Cool. We did it. We explained it. Good job. <laughs> Us. <laughs> like I'm willing to at least give them. Oh, they tried to explain it with Robert Jam Jones of like he's a forklift. He can touch guitar. And I'm like, that doesn't really work, but whatever. But you can't just make normal cars able to play the accordion. Pixar. Okay, that's I all mean, I got. Multi-digited tongue for no reason. For no reason. Hmm. Except that a very minor character in Cars 2 has to play the accordion. You see what you do to us? Yep, 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 yep. Anyway, let's back to back to Encanto. Okay, okay. Encanto is a magical story about family, trauma, and uh, coping. And uh, there are characters that represent a bunch of different things. Uh, one of them is, of course, Bruno, who is referred to by some as the scapegoat of the family. Yeah. There is the... Uh, matriarch who has extremely high expectations and is unfortunately pressuring the family in very unhealthy ways uh she of course has some very very strong ptsd there is of course mirabelle who has extreme feelings of inadequacy and a desire to uh help that she is discouraged from ever actually doing there is the family member who is constantly told that they're not allowed to feel, which only makes things harder. Yeah. There is, of course, the family member who is expected to do all of the work because she's incredibly strong. There is, of course, the family member who is expected to just be perfect because, of course, 
that's a thing. Yeah. There is the little kid who's just got so much pressure on him to uh, not have the same result as Mirabelle did. And if that's going to scare anyone, it's going to scare a kid who doesn't know how any of this works. Uh, There are, of course, the non-powered individuals who are just living with this family, trying to uh, survive. And by trying to survive, I am, of course, referring to Mirabelle, uh, her father, who is desperately trying not to die from bee stings constantly. Yeah, it seems like he... You made it sound like he's trying to survive because he's living in a house of superpowered individuals. It seems like he's just trying to survive because he's bad at living his daily life without stumbling into a beehive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he His trying to survive may very well be living with this family because there is a healer who can prevent him from beasting-related death. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then there is the man whose name always escapes me, but Peppa's husband. Oh, he's so good, too. I know, he's he's, he's one of my favorite little minor characters. He loves his wife so much. Such a caring man. And he's just trying to make sure that everything goes well and that she's taking care of herself because the other members of the family seem to have an expectation of, hey, deal with your stuff. And he is actually trying to help her in a more productive, caring way. Uh, He's all about being open and sharing and enthusiastic, and that is very much not how the family acts throughout most of the movie. Yeah. Do you think... Sorry, this is derailing what you're doing, but do you think, if we're assuming this is an origin story, that Bruno saw the future in which they were all cars? And if so, what do you think he did with that information? I think... It's very much the opposite. It's he saw a future that he did not want to happen. And then the magic of the house allowed them to change the future in only one way. And he knew that the tragedy was going to befall them as humans. So they made the choice to change everything into cars so the tragedy wouldn't happen. Yeah, okay. That's a good... (laughs) The new baby grows up uh, like... Uh, six years in the future. I don't know how old they have to be on their power day. I think they say it. I just don't remember it. Yeah. But there's the new one who gets to transform things and it's like a reality altering power where they can transform all the humans. So they get a Scarlet Witch member and Bruno's like, I saw a future and it's bad and we got to change something. He's like, ah, I don't know what to do. Um, what if everybody was cars? (laughs) It could be a no more humans moment uh, akin to the the famous, infamous no more mutants moment of Scarlet Witch. Uh, and the magic was like, oh, let's maybe not kill them all, but we got to listen. I guess everybody's cars now. Mm-hmm. And John, that little boy's name? Tomater. <laughs> okay. Uh... No, that, that doesn't. I, I retract it. <laughs> Maybe way down the line. Maybe down the generations, Tomater is just a member of the family Madrigal. Mm, okay. And we're oh, sticking God. with he is actually just named Tomater. I mean, at this point, they're all cars, you know? Okay. So, makes sense to name them. 
you know, car puns. I thought we were going with the reality-altering powers were also the person named Tomator. No, he just, uh, Tomator also gets them way down the line. <laughs> but it does explain God King Mater. I mean, it does. And I know that, John. Yeah, yeah. okay. Sure, why not? <laughs> okay, so you heard it here. I have to assume first. I'd be shocked uh, if not. <laughs> Tomator is a member of the family Madrigal, and he turned everyone into cars to save them from a grim, grim future. But if you're thinking about it, when did he do it? Probably right after he got his powers because he's a child. You should not trust a child with incredible godlike powers. And maybe he just stayed in that sort of childlike mindset the rest of his life. Because, you know, if you have reality bending powers, you don't ever really need to grow up, per se. Exactly. Now, here is another theory that I'm going to throw out there that is fun to me. What if the boy or girl gets a... magical powers that are related to cars and their room is just the world but cars okay i like this this is my favorite of the theories so far because it's been shown that their rooms are giant giant like sub dimensions you mm-hmm. know so what you're saying is you open the door to their room in casita and bada bing, you're opening a door into maybe even just Radiator Springs. Mm-hmm. I like the other dumb stuff we've said. This is my favorite of the dumb stuff we've said. Good job, John. And the beauty of it is this also explains why the world seems to be smaller, even though it's not. Maybe if it is, it is just a smaller version of our world. Everything's been compacted because it's for a child. Yeah, and like any sort of plot inconsistencies are just like, I mean... The room is just trying to entertain the child who inhabit it, inhabits it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, any, like, ah, this car can play the accordion. Like, the car, the room, it's just like, eh, it, it doesn't matter. I'm entertaining a child. <laughs> it's child logic of, oh, look, it's car. Car is next to accordion. Car can play accordion. Bada bing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John, we've done it. And by we, I do mean you. You've done it. All right. Uh, All right. Because you got us there. And I appreciate that. Again, I enjoyed the dumb stuff we were saying, but it was all making me vaguely uncomfortable. So I'm glad we came up with something else. Now, which part made you uncomfortable? Was it when I suggested that perhaps the shapeshifter has sex with the house? That was a big one. Okay. Uh, Yeah, that one was big. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Yes, it was that. (laughs) Uh, mostly. (laughs) Okay. So maybe I'll work on that in the future. Maybe I won't. Who knows? No, it it was funny. Maybe I'm going to suggest more house-related fornication. And if we ever get around to watching, uh, what is it? Uh, Titane. Titane. I kept thinking Octane, but I was like, no, it's metal. But yeah, if we get around to watching uh, Titane... I'm going to have to suggest someone's fornicating with a non-human thing on account of that's a big part of that movie. That's, yeah, you you won't have to suggest it. It'll be in the plot recap portion of the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a plot. It is the plot point of Titan. Uh, we haven't seen it yet, so there are probably other big plot points. And I've heard a lot of people actually think it's a very beautiful movie. So I don't know. Maybe it is. Now, from watching the trailer, 
I did not know that it was about that. Okay, really? I just knew cars were involved, and I knew that there was some weird, like, relationship between this woman and this old man. Maybe she's trying to kill him. Maybe he tried to kill her. And maybe there's, like, some gang activity, and there are cars involved. I did not know that she became pregnant with a, a car baby. I mean, that's forgivable, John. <laughs> you know? If you don't know, if it doesn't explicitly say that in the trailer, which it's been a minute since I've watched it, so I assume you're right that it doesn't, it's forgivable to not just assume that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would think that it's uh, more absurd to assume that, given most trailers. Yeah. <laughs> like, what if you were to watch Avengers Endgame and you were to think, someone's going to have sex with some sort of, like, hunk of metal, then you'd be right, because it's Scarlet Witch and Vision. It's not, still weird. Not in Endgame. Come on, be, be sensitive. I mean, the, the scene timeline. isn't in Endgame, but they for sure have been doing it. Yeah, but John, Johnny's dead. <laughs> and she's a cloud of dust somewhere. What's but... the one before Endgame? <laughs> Infinity War. Infinity War. In Infinity War. Okay, yeah. For, okay, for sure in Infinity War. <laughs> See, that's the line we gotta draw. People in movies can have sex with large hunks of metal as long as they're still alive. <laughs> okay, sure. That is the line, the official line of the Kachat. John, like we do every origin or engine story, uh, we gotta rank these suckers even though we decided it was an origin story halfway through. Mm-hmm. I don't know what All we right. thought the episode was going to be before we decided it was an origin story. but I wanted to talk about Encanto, so I suggested a way that we can connect it is uh, maybe House eventually becomes Car. And then you said, sure, but also I just want to talk about Encanto. So I think we went into this just wanting to talk about Encanto. I know we've been saying it the whole time, but... I cannot say it enough. Encanto's very good. Watch yes. it. And don't let our dumb theories make it worse. I hope they haven't for you. Very much. Same sentiment. I hope we haven't ruined it in any way. Very good movie. Okay, as always, John, our two categories, we rank how much fun we think our theory or theories are and how much fun we had coming up with them. And the general likelihood, how much it lines up with the lore of Cars and the lore of Encanto. As always, not the likelihood that Disney Pixar is going to come up out and say, you guys did it. That was our intent. We know it wasn't their intent. Okay. okay. What's the fun factor, John? Fun factor. Well, I got to talk about Encanto and I got to mention that maybe a person has sex with a house so I'm going to say it's at least an eight. Yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this one as well. Uh, I, like you, just wanted to an outlet to talk about my feelings about Encanto, so that was nice. And we said a lot of dumb stuff. I think an eight's actually perfect for me as well. I'll go eight out of ten for both of us. Now, likelihood. Hmm. This hmm. one's tough because I think we came up with two or three genuine avenues like they're dumb but like we followed the logic a bit 
especially with the world of cars just being a sub dimension inside the casita. See, that one really does drive home. This could just be a thing. Yeah. A lot more for me. Yeah. I think an eight out of 10 about rocks it for me as well. All right. All right. How do you feel? Well, as with anything, if magic is involved, it's hard not to give it a 10. But there is no magic specific to turning people into cars. And typically, I don't think the rooms that you're given in Casita are the size of an entire different dimension. So I'm going to take it down a few. I'm going to say maybe a seven. That's fair enough. I'll go even further. There's no magic involving cars. I don't think there are any cars in the movie. (laughs) True. I don't remember any cars myself. So that's definitely a hole, but who cares? We talked about some fun die casts and a movie we like a lot. And that was Mm -hmm. a good week. And I hope y'all liked it. And thank you for listening to it. You see how I sort of snaked my way there? That was nice. Uh, (laughs) We always appreciate y'all. Uh, tuning in to hear whatever ramblings we decide to relate to cars tangentially <laughs> week to week. Uh, and uh, yeah, y'all are just the best. We hope we have a great 2022 with y'all, especially considering Cars on the Road is this year, folks. It's going to be a big year for the Kachat. I can feel it in my bones. But anyway, I've been do- thanking you for too long. You don't deserve it that much. So <laughs> if, if you want to send us anything, uh, ideas of stuff to talk about, thoughts about the episode, stuff we missed, or if you just want to say hello, you can do so at our email, which is thekachat at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us and follow us on Twitter, which is at thekachat. Both of those are all one word. No hyphen is in there. And for the first time in 2022... John's going to say his part of the outro. Remember to like, comment, subscribe. Tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in this kooky, quirky, strange little podcast. And until next time, remember to float like a Cadillac. And sting like a beamer. Tiny robots on.